0: Welcome back to another episode of the Flat Out RC Podcast, a podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under, Melbourne, Australia. Well, I was looking at some stats the other day. We've got people joining us from all around the world. Do you know that the last episode, or the episode before, the second highest country that listened to the podcast was Kuwait. So, a big shout out to everybody in Kuwait in the Middle East. Thank you for listening to the Flatout RC podcast. I'd love to come and visit there. The Middle East is an amazing place. So, I uh, would love to be there. So, shout out to everybody in the Middle East that's listening to the Flatout RC podcast. We have a great episode coming up, a very, very different podcast episode, really, with our guest. Our guest this week is a lady by the name of Sonia Ritter. She's a mum of an aero modeler, Harrison Ritter. And uh, so I thought I'd get it on, have a chat about getting kids involved in the hobby, which is a, a topic of discussion around the world, really. So, uh, And good good conversation with Sonia, so stay tuned for that. So, But before we get to that chat with Sonia, let's have a look at what's been on my mind. Before I get to what's on my mind, a couple of little notices are, Last week, we had Kevin Chiselet on from Hulk RC, and he's giving a 10% discount off the custom wings and the Zeroli plans um, laser cut kits that he's offering at Hulk RC, H O L K R C dot A U. Get 10% off on any of those Zeroli or the custom wings uh, kits, laser cut kits. Uh, just use the coupon code, and I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, but I think it's correct, it's flat out RC10. Flat out. RC ten one zero uh lowercase and that'll get you 10% off Zeroli and custom wings kits laser cut kits Kevin was great good episode I really enjoyed having a chat with Kevin, great guy. Uh, so 10% discount offer that he's offered, which I'm just passing on to the flat out RC audience. So take a look at Hulk R C H O L K R C dot and get that use that code flat out rc ten one zero. That is at the end. And get the ten percent discount. Uh, before I forget, whilst you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and the Instagram and the Facebook, all the other Flat Out RC avenues that you can uh, keep up to date with what's going on in the Flat Out RC world. Now, what's been on my mind? It's been it's been a, a difficult week, really, for me. Um, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. We, we've got the war happening in the Ukraine, and a shout out to anybody in the Ukraine because. Um, you know they're doing it pretty tough. So uh, we lost a great cricketer down here, Shane Warne, and but I think above all, a, a close friend of mine in the aeromodelling community lost his son in a uh, a bit of an accident, a freak accident. I won't go into too much detail, but from what I can take away from the past weeks' activities is how the friendships that we make in aeromodelling more often than not those close friendships progress into more of a deep and meaningful relationship beyond model aeroplanes like my friend who uh, lost his son and just highlights how when they're hurting we're hurting as well and it's not just me it's other friends as well that know know this guy quite closely uh are, you know are really you know moved by the loss of his son when we've never met his son uh, and it's something that I don't think any of us should take for granted is that Yes, we happen to fly model aeroplanes, and we all have a lot of fun talking about them and flying them and all that kind of stuff. But the friendships that we make in this hobby really mean probably more than anything, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I really love my my flying friends, and the ones that I can you know have a chat with about you know our hobby and and beyond. And um, as I mentioned, a lot of these friendships. Uh, were established a long time ago and and so you become quite close and it's something that i'm very mindful of in you know the the young kids at, at my local flying club and you know i say to them you know you guys will know each other through thick and thin through throughout your lives if you keep on flying model airplanes and stay connected through through model airplanes and so uh really just a, a quick message to say to everybody value value the, the friends that you make in the hobby stick by them look after them, enjoy the good times and, and support each other in the bad times because we always know good times and bad times is just what happens in life. But the one thing that's consistent is the the, the, the common bond that we share through our model aeroplane. So uh, sometimes we, we might joke about it, but it's pretty big for us really. We should count ourselves lucky that we've found a passion in our lives that can connect us with other people. So quick little message, and rest in peace to All those people that have passed away that we know in the last week um, through the hobby, Shane Warne, the cricketer, passed away. i got the news uh, as I record this. I I just heard the news a day ago. So he was a a big cricketer down here in Australia that uh, was quite well known, a bit of a shock. Um, But uh, anyway, support those friends of yours through thick and thin, no matter what airplane they fly. We might want to not fly that that cub so many times, but they're still your friends, so look after them. It's guest time, my favorite part of the podcast. And i have always looking for ways to take this podcast in different angles with guests. Uh, And tonight is uh, another chat that I had, which is sort of pushing the boundaries. Well, not really pushing the boundaries. What I thought I wanted to do is there's a lot of talk in the hobby about uh, getting kids into the hobby. And I know it's really, really difficult having kids and, and that kind of thing. But I think that a lot of people don't realize that it's not as simple as saying, we need to get more kids into the hobby. You've actually got to do something, you've got to understand where kids are at nowadays. And who better to do that than a mum of an avid aero modeller? And so Sonia Ritter is a, a, is a, a lovely lady, uh, Adore Sonia. She is a mum at my local flying club down here in Melbourne, uh, has a son called Harrison that is an avid aero model and has been for a number of years now. He can't get the sticks out of his hands, basically. And so having a chat with Sonia and getting her perspective about the hobby and getting kids involved is, is quite interesting. But also Sonia loves model aeroplanes. Now she says she doesn't really fly. She had a goal trying to fly planes. She said she wasn't very good at it, but she absolutely loves coming to the flying club. So she is an aeromodeler And I keep on reminding her, oh, you are an aero modeler. Just because you don't fly, doesn't mean that you're not into model aeroplanes, but she absolutely loves them. And she loves the fact that her son's going to be, that is involved in it as well. And Very supportive of that. So here's my chat. With the one and only, the lovely, the amazing Sonia Ritter. It's a first for the Flatout RC podcast this week. We have our sort of first aero modeler that is a non-flyer, but still very engaged in the aero modeling sphere. That is Sonia Ritter. Sonia, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Andrew.
0: Well, the purpose of having you on is there's a lot of talk around the aero modelling scene, whether it's coming from associations or clubs, etc., about getting kids into the hobby and uh, who better to ask and discuss that topic with than a mum of an aero modeller and also a person that is very very uh keen on the whole aero modeling scene so Sonia tell us a bit about yourself so we can position you in this discussion
1: oh well i'm a country girl i'm from the sticks a little place called berrigan up near the murray river people might know it it's pretty close to uh Yarrawonga or Cobram. So, yeah, so I'm just a little country girl uh, in, the, in the, uh, the big city now. So love it. Would never go back to the country again. So oh, I don't yeah. know why so, you wouldn't
0: go back to the country. At a lot.
1: No, oh. no. I mean, it, it's okay. It's okay for a short period of time. But, um, yeah, I think I'm now a, a city girl. I prefer it much, much more. And there's more to do, more to do with the children and, and things like that. So, yeah, Gladys great she. move, I think, on my behalf.
0: And, okay, how many kids have you got?
1: I've got two, two boys. So, yeah, and uh, I think the city boys too, they don't really much like going up to, to Berrigan. You know, they said it's a bit boring. There's just more to do, more to do in the, uh, the city.
0: Sonia, that is just kids nowadays. I was I was talking to a friend of mine who just bought a holiday house out in Dalesford and I said, how are the kids enjoying it? And they said they can't stand it. And it's a bit like my kids at my holiday house, They yeah. going up into the country, they say, where are we going? It's boring, the internet's bad." <laughs> So uh, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on which we're going to explore actually because uh when we look at children nowadays I think I suppose it's a bit different to you and I are in a, a similar vintage and our lives are probably hey. different the same what do you mean we are <laughs> similar hey. vintage yeah we
1: are we are you're just that bit younger than me though Andrew
0: so I'm, only a little bit Gee, you a make little big bit deal out of it Sonia yeah, yeah Sonia whenever I speak to Sonia she thinks that she's like an old lady or something but she I not.
1: am No,
0: she's not. Um, You're also a single mum as well, doing a good job with two boys as well. So we should say that to position yourself. So um, how did you become connected with model flying? Uh,
1: Look, to be honest, I've actually always loved planes. Um, In Berrigan, we were over the flight zone to Melbourne. So I was always looking at the planes, you know, wondering where they were going. And then um, Harrison, he wasn't a big flyer. He was more into remote-controlled cars and um, helicopters and drones and that sort of thing. But um, one of his good mates, um, Balint Banco, he introduced Harrison to it. Um, He just sort of said, look, come down to this flying field in Pakenham, it's great. And he, he got into it. He went to um, like the, oh, the train model show at Sandown. And I know that he picked up a pamphlet there one time and was keen on, on having a look at Pakenham. And that's how he got out there. And then he encouraged Harrison to just go out and have a look. Harrison wasn't into planes really at all. And, you know, we went out there and the club were just amazing. They were so welcoming, you know, um, for Harrison and myself. So that's how I just really uh, got interested in it because it was actually the guys out at the field. They made Harrison feel very welcome. They, you know, wanted to do things for him. And I just thought it's sort of good because me being on my own and a woman, I don't know how to fix planes and, you know, tinker around with engines and that sort of thing. Whereas these guys out there, they have a lot of knowledge. They know how, you know, a lot of them know how to build because they couldn't find the, you know, couldn't buy the um, foamy planes. They had to build their planes. So, you know, they just really encouraged Harrison, um, you know, were very helpful. And to me, that just impressed me as a mother. I just thought these guys are amazing. And, you know, it's so good for the kids out there. It really is, you know, they've just got so many people out there to help, you know, give them advice, etc. So that's how I really got into it and I'm just so happy that Barlin's family introduced us to Pean Ducks because um, I don't ever really want to leave. So it's good. I enjoy it.
0: The interesting thing is that you really enjoy going to the club and just yeah. being part of it. And like I said earlier, yeah. You don't really fly. You've, you've had a go at flying, and I'm going to. i We're going to get you into it.
1: Yeah, don't don't let any secrets out. I wasn't that good.
0: Well, it's so- just uh, Sonia. It's just a matter of practice. I think yeah. my, my word to you is get on the simulator, do a whole bunch of yeah. hours in simulator, and you'll get to the field and you'll be able to fly. Trust me.
1: I've done that, Andrew, and that still didn't really do. You just <laughs> didn't need. Work, but- but I must admit, uh, you know, a few of the blokes out there have taken me up, and they were very, very patient with me. So, yeah. you know, so look honestly, if I do have a no- another go at it, I know that there'll be someone out there willing to help me, and. Um, gab sexton uh, sexton he actually gave me a multiplex easy star to to start flying so he's always going come on son you know you've got to give it a go it's a no fail no brainer you can fly it so yes, yeah, so I'll, i will get out there i will you get will. out there but
0: why do why do you love it so much like what keeps you coming back weekend after weekend
1: look if i see my son happy happy son happy mum and I think also like the gentlemen out there, they're just they're just so friendly and <laughs> I feel like I can just slot into a conversation now. Look, I admit I don't know a lot about the engines, you know, when they're talking these numbers and that sort of thing, I just nod. But they're just, um, look, they include me, you know. So I, I just feel very comfortable out there. It's very peaceful. And as I said, if my son's happy, then I'm happy. You know, um, there was a, a period of time where, Harrison was sort of maybe going to drop from the sport only because not because he didn't love it, it was because he was just so frightened of losing a plane because he knew how expensive they were. And I was the one that was <laughs> disappointed. I thought, oh no, you know, I'm not going to be able to go out there again. So yeah, so I, I was more disappointed than anything. I think that I couldn't go out there. And it's it's almost a bit like um, you know, when you're on your own. It's a bit of a social thing too. And I think for a lot of the men out there, I think it is a social thing too. If they're not flying, it's somewhere to have a good chat, have a cup of tea, you know, have a piece of cake or whatever. So, yeah, so that's why I like going out there. <laughs> I, just, I just really enjoy it.
0: Well, I definitely believe that um, when it comes to a flying club, we always see generally it's men, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mainly men. Um, it, but the I always say we do a, a little bit of flying and a lot of talking. And I don't, yeah. oh, you know, I can talk, Sonia, so I don't mind having a chat. But
1: are I, you sure about that, Andrew? I
0: don't know. I'm still yeah,
1: no, working I'm not that
0: sure. out. But I think that, um, I think that, if you've been flying for most of your life, the yeah. last thing you need to do is go really for another flight. The, the, the enjoyment factor of having another flight once you've done, you know, 4,000, 10,000, 20,000 flights, it starts yeah. to diminish. So you really appreciate the social aspect and catching up with your mates. And I'm a big supporter of that. You know, I don't like the people that say, oh, the old guys just sit around and they never fly. Well, you know, I say, well, that's good for you then. If you want to fly, they're not hogging the, lo- the flight line. So don't have a go because I actually look at those guys and I, I say to myself, that's going to be me. We'll be we'll be there, Sonia. We'll be sitting around in winter, yeah. around the fire, just gasping with bagging. our
1: thermoses and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that's we going will to be, be. Us.
0: talking about our medical ailments.
1: Yeah, I'll enjoy that. I'll enjoy that. But look, you know, I think it's marvelous that they do have somewhere to social, you know, um, to catch up with each other. Because I mean, there are some gentlemen that are on their own now, you know. So for them, it's good for them to get out there. It's good for them to, you know, to cross cross notes about what they're they're building or ask for advice and and look I I just think it's amazing and some of the things that these gentlemen come up with their planes they're a concoction of so many smashed planes but they've got this thing up and flying So, so it's it's just a good thing it's a really good social thing for for the older generation and for the young if we can get more out there. You know, because at, at this stage, you know, Pandykes are quite lucky to have, um, you know, four, four or five juniors, which is amazing, you know. Well, so
0: Sonia, you know what? It is amazing. The only concern I have, and we're going to have a deep dive into some of the, the, the challenges and get your perspective on things, there's 171 members of the club that we're a member of and five of those are kids. That ratio of kids to adults is consistent pretty much across most clubs. When they get smaller, yeah, you get to the zero thing. And so uh, the numbers are very top-heavy as far as age, and that is a concern. And this is where there's always this thing about getting kids into the hobby. But interestingly enough, you've got two kids and one's into it and one's not. So we've got yes, Harrison yep. is um, your son that is very active in the aeromodelling scene. I, I can't see him swaying from that anytime soon.
1: No, neither uh, can We've just I. got to
0: keep him away from the girls and the cars because that seems to be the trend.
1: Yeah, well, he's already told me that he's not interested. He'd take a plane <laughs> over a girl oh, any day. That's so give him a couple of years. Yeah, it's Sonya. not going to happen for a little bit. No, so I'm, I'm quite happy about that.
0: Then you've got your other son, Fraser, who's not uh, totally interested in in the model airplanes.
1: No, like I've I've tried to encourage him to come out too. He came out a couple of times, but he just said it, it's it's really not his thing, you know, um, which is quite sad because he's more into video games, which is you know something that they just do and stay at home all the time whereas with Harrison he's out and about he's yeah. he's you know mixing with other people and Harrison's quite a, a, a you know quite kid himself you know he doesn't say that much but I can see that his confidence being out there is starting to grow slowly but surely it's getting there.
0: Every time you say that to me I always say Harrison never has a problem in talking to me maybe it's because I'm a legend of a guy but he oh. <laughs> He has no problems like he's always been really social, but just in the difference between you know the, the two kids um mm. was Harrison always the kind of kid that was the tinkerer that was you know outdoorsy type or inquisitive mind what, what what you know how what was he like?
1: It was so funny because actually when the two were growing up, I thought it would be the reverse. I thought Harrison would be the one that would be um, on the video games and Fraser would be the outdoor sporty ones but it's it's done a complete you know circle so um yeah I was I'm I'm quite shocked actually but I, I look it comes back to Harrison's mates again um you know like there's Cam Sexton and Barlint and now um the other young gentleman from Brad um, Worm. Yes,
0: they—they,
1: they, I think that's what sort of has encouraged him to get out, you know, to do that sort of thing, be out and about. They have the similar interests, so that's I think has encouraged Harrison. He doesn't want to be sitting inside. If it's a beautiful day, it's perfect, you know, flying weather. Why would you want to be inside? True, so true. Yeah. So I think with the boys having similar interests, you know. Um, I think that's what's kept Harrison going. You know, and there's there is an age difference between the boys too. Harrison's a couple of years younger than the other ones, but they all seem to get on so well. They, they really do.
0: do. It's a good bunch, a good bunch of guys. I actually enjoy hanging around with them and I'm old enough to be um, their dad and maybe in some cases their grandfather. But um, <laughs> yeah. but they're a good bunch of guys to hang around with. And okay, so let's let's just tick that first box, right? So for everyone listening out there that talks about kids, we are now nutting down some of the things to be mindful of, and that is we know that friend, if there's a friend group that's involved in it, that will keep them involved and keep them wanting to come back to the club. It's very, like,
1: very important. It's, yep.
0: it, you see these young guys hang around with each other and egging each other on. So how does someone like Brad Worm that lives two and a half to three hours away from us now have a connection with a bunch of guys that live, you know, so far away? And that is through mobile Well, flying. Andrew,
1: social media, and that's what, Get them going,
0: but see, this is the thing. That's the that's the upside of social media that we can yeah. stay connected. So, what we would do is we get on the simulator together, and we'd have like yes. all play online. And then what we do is create a, a Facebook Messenger group, and we'd all ring and we'd all chat whilst we were flying. And we weren't talking about the planes and stuff like that. We were just
1: having social conversations and stuff like that.
0: The other day, I had a couple of the guys on the chat, and I, I didn't turn my computer on to even play the simulator. And I was, I had one computer on and I was reading them a manual for a jet ski that I just bought. Yeah. And I said, it's story time at 10 o'clock at night. And I'm reading because I was <laughs> doing some research on what I need to know. And they're just sitting there listening and, and throwing some comments. And it's, it's that kind of connection though, that we, that keeps us wanting to turn up and see each other at the field. So tick box, anyone that wants to get kids into it, it helps if there are other kids that are friends of theirs that do it together and go on the journey together And and, and sure enough, That'll keep them coming back to the field. So we are doing a very good social study here now. Tick that box, Sonia. Okay. Now I'm going to shift it over to the parent situation because I think that over the years, I've interviewed, this is going to be something like the 91st episode. So I've interviewed a lot of people and uh, the majority of guys, because unfortunately it is mainly guys, um, got into it, the hobby through seeing it at the local park and things like that through control line flying and... it was a different era, even when we were growing up, it was a different era that it was as if our parents weren't as paranoid about what was going to happen if we were riding our bikes out in the, in the street without helmets on and making jumps and going down the road to the park to play footy with the with the kids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, And we know that sort of society changes uh, and has changed a fair bit. From a parent's perspective, what are some of the challenges that you have to contend with when it comes to having a child that's involved in aero modelling? And let's start with, say, the costs.
1: Well, look, you know, it is very expensive. Um, but look, once again, P&Darks, um, our club, have been amazing to Harrison. You know, they... Have helped out in many ways. Um, Harrison, when he first started, it's it's probably he's going into his fifth year now of actually flying. It was very, very expensive, you know, like he was looking at things and you know, he wanted a plane. And I remember we turned up at the Hobby Man together and he'd just got his birthday money and he looked at a Trojan, a foamy, your favorite, Andrew. And I know, I know how you feel about foamies.
0: No, I like foamies, but I, I'm encouraging him to not always Branch look out. at foamies.
1: <laughs> well, see, he looked at this foamy at the hobby man and it was $200, this Trojan. I said to Harrison, you going to pay $200 for that, you <laughs> know, and it was the it was the guys in the hobby man that said they're great. They're so much fun. And I just thought, all right, spend it. It's your money, you know, so um, you know, like he was flying that for a while out at Pean Darks and I think the guys were feeling a little bit sorry for him, Andrew, because it was so tiny. And Norm Morish, um one of the members from the field, he knew that there was a plane in their shed or in storage or something that needed someone to fly it. So he asked the committee and he he managed to get um, the plane ready for Harrison. It was called an apprentice. He still got that plane to this day. He cannot part with it because it was his first bigger plane. And, um, you know, and that's what sort of helped him, Andrew, because it is quite expensive, um, the sport. It's not just buying the actual plane itself you know, you've got your servers, you've got your batteries, you know, you've got to use your remote, like all these um, added expenses. And it is quite expensive, you know. So that was one of the things. And also, you know, like um, getting the children to the field. A lot of these fields are quite isolated, which they have to be, but it's, you know, hard getting them there because we have to, to drive them there. And, but lucky um, with Harrison's mate, Balint, um, we were able to sort of carpool sometimes. Balint's mother, Christina, would take Harrison sometimes and then I would take, um, you know, the boys sometimes. So, so that's how we sort of got around that sort of thing, you know, like helping each other out with the transport.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting though, a uh, couple of points. Uh, you should know by now, Sonia, that most aeromodellers do not stop at one plane. And <laughs> the planes generally don't get smaller; they get bigger, don't they, Sonia?
1: Yes, I do know that. I used to have a little shed that had all my gardening gear in it. Now that's all been taken out, and it's been overtaken by planes. It's now become a hangar. It's the Ritter Hangar. So, so yeah, and they're breeding.
0: The grass is still looking good. My
1: grass is very good. It's yeah, very, very good. I did yeah. comment
0: on that post that you put up there. But so, what's the largest plane that Harrison's got now?
1: Well, it's just his latest. He's got his um, his extra.
0: It's a big 100cc, so, oh, running a DLE 120. A DLE it's DLE a, 120,
1: extra 300 it is.
0: That's right, because Harrison's flying IMAX. So how have you gone tr- transporting that plane to the field?
1: Oh, well, it's called Mum's Car. So we we're not um, we don't have a big trailer like most of the other era modelers. Um, we have my car, and just recently I purchased a new car. And Harrison came with me, and he was measuring up whether a plane could fit in it. Or does it have a tow bar, you know? So it wasn't like, oh, the car looks great, you know, (laughs) and that sort of thing. It was more, can it fit a plane in it? Does it have a tow bar to tow a trailer when we get one? So, yeah, so that's how I transport Harrison's planes. I always have. Um, But Norm Morris, he has a spare trailer and he has um, lent Harrison the trailer. So when I eventually do get a tow bar on my car, we'll probably transport um, the planes that way. So we'll, we'll use that, yeah. But that's how, how I've done it for many years.
0: So a couple of learnings again. We're going to keep on ticking some boxes here, Sonia, because remember, we're here to, to help people. Uh, costs was the first thing and, and uh, it is, you know, being a parent, we know how many costs are associated with having children and anybody who's been a parent knows that. And so um, finding that spare cash to support a hobby like aero modelling, even though I must say, Sonia, that it's a lot cheaper than it used to be back yes, in the so 80s and stuff like that, that. Oh, it was through the roof and and I never had a model airplane um, until I was in my 20s um oh, wow. kind of thing but well I, I my brother had one kind of thing that I built for him and botched but um but yeah that cost is a, is a, is, a, is a concern for for a lot yeah. of kids and their parents as well and so if a club's got some some club trainers or club members have got planes which plenty of people do the planes are sitting in the back of the shed that you're never going to fly again donate it to a kid because it means a lot to them and and it helps foster their hobby
1: that's right Andrew and that's what I've I've always said about um and darks you know the gentlemen out there they're just so helpful and they do help you out you know, if you ask a question about something or would you know where I could source this or whatever, there's always someone that will just come in and help. You know, or if you've had a you know, bad landing and landing gear's broken or something. Oh, I know where you can get that. Try this hobby shop. So, you know, there's always someone there to, to help you out. And as I said, they've been amazing out there for the young ones. And look, I'll, I'll speak for Harrison. I've had a lot of men that have helped Harrison with planes. Um, Harrison did take up the f3a flying and he had a lot of help from norm you know like giving him guidance um there was a gentleman by the name of don klein that actually helped harrison a lot with planes um you know gave him things to get started you know so they they honestly have been amazing out there they really have
0: so we know if you've got spare planes and you've got some kids there help melt some planes the other thing to talk about is transport that yeah. Like you said, that nowadays the fields are far away. So, so all the all the people are saying, "I've oh, got to get kids involved." Understand that the parents need to now make a commitment
1: to yes. getting their
0: the, the, their kids there. Now, this brings up the next point I want to discuss, which is time. As you know, having kids and you've got two kids, do different things, and there's other activities that they need to do and homework, and you know, as they progress through school, more study time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How do you go about managing that time around aero modelling and, and, and you know, taking the kids to the field, uh, you know, et cetera?
1: Look, you know, they know that their homework is, is priority. They need to do it, especially Harrison. He's just gone into year 11, so he's in his senior years now. But, um, look, honestly, Andrew, I'll be honest with you, if it's a nice day, <laughs> no wind, we're out there. Because in Melbourne, we all know that we, you know, if you get a lovely day, you've got to take advantage of it. So I'm a bit of the crazy mother too. I'm always looking at the weather, looking at the wind <laughs> to see whether we can go flying on the weekend, you know. And I know Harrison loves it. I do feel a bit guilty sometimes because, you know, my other son um, is at home. He's not coming with us. But it's just it's a passion for me too. I like being out there. I enjoy being out there and getting him out there. So we balance everything. We make sure that we get everything done before we go out there. But Harrison's always telling me to hurry up, mum, hurry up, mum. Don't you know it's a good day for flying? No wind. You know, if we get out there at 12 o'clock, the wind's going to come up, you know. So, yeah, so we manage it.
0: We've got another box we can tick. Yep. Getting children involved in the hobby means you have to have very, very supportive parents that Like you said, you've got one son that will stay home. By the way, he probably doesn't care that he's staying home by himself because he's doing what he wants to do. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But you have to have very supportive parents because a child nowadays needs to have the parent there to take them to the field because they don't drive. Back in the day, people would go down to the local park with their control line plane or their glider or something And go on flight, which is now illegal. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't. So you you need to. Clubs need to foster the parents as well. That the reason why you turn up is because you enjoy it. And it's a bit like the. You remember the 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 kids band, the Wiggles, the Wiggles, (laughs) the original Wiggles, which you know I'm solid with the original Wiggles. They knew that they had to appeal to the parents as well. And if you ever saw them live in concert, they were hilarious because they put these jokes in the middle of everything. Like, wake up Jeff and how old Jeff is and all this kind of stuff. The kids wouldn't get, but the, the parents were getting entertained now. And it's the same with the flying club that uh, look after the parents as well and give them a good environment to be part of because guess what? They're going to be hanging around a fair bit as well. Uh, and
1: you know what, Andrew? The, the club, um, you know, speaking for Pear Ducks, they do have that. You know, they always... Uh, well, pre-COVID, had barbecues, you know, on on the weekends, you know, and that sort of thing. And that just got everybody in there. Um, seeing, from, from my point of view, seeing how great they were to the kids out there and were just helping them, you know, suggesting things and that sort of thing, that really impressed me, you know, so to get that sort of help, you don't get that in all, you know, all clubs and that sort of thing, you know, so... Um, that's, the, that's one of the things that I just thought that was just great. It was fantastic.
0: I Well, I was going to burst your bubble and say, Sonia, what you've experienced is actually pretty rare, unfortunately, that I've been a member of a number of different clubs. Yeah. That if a child turned up, they would not know what to do. They would run for the hills. You know, I've been into involved with some clubs that were terrible when, when a visitor turned up, absolutely mm. Well, my mate Ido Segev had a terrible experience with the club.
1: Oh he, dear!
0: He turned up to a field, and was off the back of the European Extreme Flying Championships win. So one of the best pilots in the world, and they asked him because yeah. they thought he was flying unsafe. This is what, oh, and so this is this is part of the message as well, though. That yeah. we can learn from Sonia's experience of, of the club that I'm a member of down at the Pean Dark's Club. We are a member of a very large club. So we've got more personalities that could potentially align with what we're talking about than a lot of other smaller clubs. But to those clubs out there that have an older demographic that do not care about the future, I frown upon you because I always yeah. say to people like that I want to be able, I want to have the opportunity to be in your position when I'm retired to be able to go to a flying field. And that opportunity will not be there unless we foster Because Sonia, I've seen some of the survey results. I'm telling you now, the numbers are looking scary. They're very, very top heavy with elderly people that unfortunately we all end up dying, Sonia, if you haven't been told. and In the the (laughs) next 20 to 30 years, our hobby will be halved.
1: Yes, look, I I can see that.
0: Harrison needs to get married quickly, have a whole bunch of kids that want to go and fly model (laughs) airplanes. That's what he needs to do for the hobby.
1: Well, as I said before, the way that um, my son and Bar Lint got into it is that they had a pamphlet of Pandarks at this um, expo at Sandown. You know, it was the Model Trains yes, Expo. Yes. They had it there and I think they even had um, some men flying there and that's how he got into it. So I think that the advertising's really great. And I Sonia, had heard... Oh, what? Is that what you adverti- wanted to hear?
0: Yeah, I've been saying it for three three years now. Look, this year especially, I've said it multiple times, we need to advertise the hobby to a new market. We need to align that ad to this and blah, blah, blah. And I've had multiple chats with various different people and the powers that be about just let's go and do it. I said, give me a week and I'll have the ads running and they do not respond to me. But that is another key point, people. If you're a flying club and you're running an event, so I saw um, our local club has got the Monty Tyrrell event coming up on the. I think it's the twenty seventh of March. Correct me. Yeah, I on. think it's
1: about 26 or something 26, like that. One of I those don't dates. think I'm going to be there because there's an IMAX comp at Wang, So oh, it'll, God, it'll be my Sonia. first Monty that I haven't been to. I'm, I'm a bit gutted, but you know IMAC's taken priority. So that <laughs> is true we'll because
0: now Harrison's. Um yeah, progress into that, but the Monte Terrell Day is going to be a public event, and uh, they've got a display permit, so they can allow the public to to be in. So, how is the public going to find out about this event, Sonia? I wonder how they're going to find it. if they don't know anybody that's a member of the club. How will they find out that there is an event on at that field in the middle of a paddock in Pakenham?
1: Well, they need to advertise.
0: Fancy that! You have to do something that I call pay for the attention. You know what you do. I should contact the club and say, you want to get bums on seats? One, make a nice flyer that doesn't look like, so make it look inviting. Two, advertise it on Facebook. On Facebook, you can target your demographic. Spend $50. It's going to help. So you pick the Pakenham area, do a radius of 10 kilometers and say, hey, we're going to be here on this day flying model airplanes. You've got nothing to do. Come and have a look. Trust me, it's worked. I've done it before.
1: And it ha- and it has worked, Andrew. They have had young boys coming down on those days, and then they've been impressed and wanted to do the hobby. And I also, I think also the club. Um, I think they may have also had some schools down there too, um, and shown some school children how to fly planes.
0: They did. A, it was a um, it was like a scout kind of group or an air cadets or something like that. I think they may have. Okay. Had. But that's yes, but, okay. So that's another. There's a couple of other boxes we need to tick here, Sonia, because. We can tick the box that says, okay, people get involved in the hobby from seeing it somewhere, whether it be on a flyer or yep. seeing it physically. So you have to put the hobby in front of people to give them the opportunity to actually like it. Two, the other box, it's another thing I've been spruking for about 10 years now, is the come try day for the kids. You know, I've, I'm a big believer of we have a whole bunch of great retirees at flying clubs and they, they're flexible. And there's this challenge, as you probably know, being a mum, when the school holidays come about and you've got kids going on board I don't know what to do, right? <laughs> and, yes. And, you, you know, sometimes I'll get involved in the local tennis club and they go to the tennis clinic in, in, in school holidays. Well, guess what? Let's run a school program for aero modelling where they come to oh. the club, you put them on some simulators, you train them up, you use some of the club trainers, you run them through a program. And guess what happens? Balint goes, he rings up his mate Harrison and says, Harrison, ask your mum if you can come to this thing. I'm going to go. And Harrison goes, yeah, no problems. I'll ask a Guy, Guy, do you want to come to um, And yeah. We're going to go. And, and before you know it, there's a group of five mates that my son, is. his friends are all involved in computer gaming. The connection is the computer game. If one of them said, hey, I'm going out bowling, a 10-pin bowling, do you want to come? So-and-so is coming as well. My son will say, okay.
1: Well, and I think if you also have the young ones actually – showing them to, you know, the the, um, the kids that want to come in and join how to fly, get a, and then they'll probably think, well, if these young ones can do it too, so can I, you know, so then they might be even more encouraged to, to come out to the field.
0: And there's another box, sorry to interrupt, but there's another box that you can tick, which is you got to understand, people, if the average age of the member that's hanging out the field is 70 and a 14-year-old comes into a group of 70-year-old men who fly model airplanes it can be pretty daunting for young people where they don't have someone their own age to connect with so if there are other young people in your club maybe make them mentors and introduce them to the the new young kid so that they can have a connection and someone like harrison is a very competent pilot that would have no problem in taking another kid under his wing and teaching them how to fly and overseeing their activity because he knows what to do how old is he now yeah. he's 16 isn't he
1: I, yeah, he's I 16 now. Okay.
0: So so that's another, and, and that's a, it's a very, very good point, which I've never actually thought about before, but get the other younger people in the club to mentor the other young people. Don't go and grab the 75-year-old grandfather to go and teach the kid. You know, I have this problem yeah. with my son in table tennis that <laughs> there's a lot of old people there that are playing table tennis and, and he can feel out of place. And so yeah. I have to mentor him and guide him so that he can fit in because he's socially a bit awkward. And so um, so if he was with other kids, it'd be a different story. So everyone tick that box. That's another thing that uh, we need to do. Now, another point I want to make is that you work as a teacher's aide, don't you?
1: Yes, yeah, I do.
0: Okay, so you're dealing with kids all the time. And and one of the challenges that I, you know, we all know the impact of the internet and computers and screens on younger generation. Anybody that has a young child can can vouch for this. We are all living the same problem, which is the challenge of the instant gratification that a screen gives a person. Yeah. And there's a lot of older people that frown upon that. And my response, and you probably you know if you're listening to it and you're a bit older, I mean we've had the discussion, you probably heard me say this that what do you think we would be doing if we were the same age? And I dare say we would all be doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, it just course. happened that we grew up in an era where there was no internet and we didn't have Netflix and and we didn't, didn't have all these computer. Yeah, we didn't have computer games and all this kind of stuff. So we had no choice but to get on our bikes and ride around because that's, that's right. what we did. And so we can't compare apples for apples and frown upon kids nowadays because guess what? If I had the internet, I would have been glued to it just as much as anybody else, I think. Yeah, that's right. So from your point of of view, um, you know, working with children, what do you see some of the challenges with them that could potentially prevent them from exploring a hobby like aeromodelling?
1: Look, I think um, with this technology, it can make children antisocial. They just get caught up, you know, with being on the internet, um, you know, not... Going out and seeing people—you know how we used to socialise, go out and talk to people, or ring people. They don't do that sort of thing anymore, Andrew. It's just—it's messaging. And I thought, well, why don't you, why don't you get on the phone and talk to them, invite them over or something? But they don't do that sort of thing. It's just completely different than when we were growing up, you know. And I've—I've I've tried to say to my boys, well, in my days, now go, oh, Mum's got an old story coming again. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, we do that.
1: So it was just. I actually, Andrew, I find it quite sad um, that the kids don't get out and about. They don't know how to talk about things. They don't know how to go out and find out what's outside the internet world. They just don't know what's out there on offer. And if they did, they'd be very surprised because I even know with Harrison being at high school, he's told some of his teachers that he might need to have a day off to go to IMAC competitions, and they said, "What do you do?" And he said, "I fly planes." They said, "I've never heard of that before, never." You know, but they're quite interested in it because it's such a different sport, you know. So, um, look, I don't know, Andrew. It's it's a hard hard thing to answer, to be honest.
0: There's a few points there though that we we can explore, which is even that the, the teachers didn't know, and so as a marketer. Awareness is a big thing. Every every one of my customers all suffers from the same problem, which is lack of awareness. And the same with with error modelling. There is severe lack of awareness of the hobby because – and the the interesting thing is it is now easier to gain awareness of something than ever before because we've got the internet and we know that people are on the devices. We know that the kids are on the devices so you can interrupt them whilst they're on the device. By paying, what I call paying for the attention, which is advertising. The solution is there. It's more cost effective than ever. But the thing is that we have to do that at scale, at a certain level, to get it to stick. And there are certain other things that are attached to that, like we might need to make it look exciting. things like that. It's like every time you go to a flying event, the kids always like jets, turbine jets, and um, a 3D helicopter flying because it's exciting. Yes, uh, yeah, that's right. And I always say that it's very hard for um, a lot of kids to relate to a Piper Cub flying circuits. That, yes, That can yeah. look boring to them or a glider. Okay, we, we get um, like some of the kids that we've mentioned, Belinda, who's not a kid anymore because he's 18. Fair, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> but Harrison, that they do appreciate older planes. But uh, going and trying to force our opinions on what they should like because we like it is another no-no you have to respect their view of the world interesting enough my son likes old cars and old planes and that was yeah. just i don't know why he's wired that way it was just just is that he goes oh look at that that looks pretty good uh and but so the, yeah a few a few boxes to tick there so um you know we don't need to force our opinions onto the kids we have to um, listen to what they might be interested in because. Now, we know that Harrison doesn't really feel comfortable building models, but then there's the building nah. community that are like, oh, everybody should build models and these kids nowadays, I don't know how to build and when back in my day, I used to build. Yeah, listen to yourself. Why would any kid want to listen to you when you talk like that? That, okay, Harrison is going to build something at some point in time.
1: Well, see, at the moment um, when he's gone into the iMac, um, Stevie, Stevie Malcolm's been helping him and Stevie learnt from his dad. So he knows how to build things and fix things. And that's what I I said to Harrison, like we're in that generation now where things break, you you buy a new one. But the men out at the field and like even Stevie, he's, he's young, he's younger, a lot younger than You and I, Andrew. But he knows how to fix things because he's been taught how to do it. And I think, you know, the men out at the field, they have those skills and they can teach the kids how to do these sort of things. Because, as I said, we're in this generation now, things break, you buy a new one, you don't fix it. Whereas they've still got the skills, if something happens with their planes, they fix it or if it looks like you can't even repair it they'll make a new plane out of bits and pieces of 10 planes <laughs> so this is
0: you, it's another box we can tick and that is there are a lot of kids out there that don't know how to build and, and they don't, they don't have them. mentors that teach them how to build and anybody that wants to encourage building you have to go and run programs at the club that like workshops on building. So, for example, I once had a guy um, on from Scotland. I can't remember his name, but a great guy. It doesn't come to mind at the moment, but I, you know, I'm getting old, as we know, uh, <laughs> that, that he said that at the club that he was involved in, they would do these build projects where everybody would build the same plane and they'd meet once a week and they would work on the same thing and they'd be educating each other on wood grain, what glue to use, etc. and they'd help each other and mentor each other and coach each other through the Build process, and I think that instead of people demanding that, oh, people should be building and it's just laziness that they don't want to build, it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? I, the most important question I always ask myself, and I always ask other people, especially in business, yep, what are you going to do about it? You want people to go and build, what are you going to do about it? How about you go and run a bit of a session, advertise it through the club newsletter that you're going to run, we're going to do a mass build, and everybody that we've done a deal with, uh, with uh, Hulk RC or, um, uh, our mates at um, Scale Aero Products that can laser cut kits and we're all going to get a glider and we're all going to build it and we're going to meet on a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock and for an hour and a half we're all going to bring our kits with us and we're going to build because we could be transport them in the back of the car, you know, nothing too big. And we all coach each other and we build something together. Or, um, you know, uh, we align kids with building mentors that, uh, you know, that you trust, that the parents trust, where the, 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 the mentor and the son can, you know, the child uh, can sit together and build the plane together and and yeah. you know, in a structured kind of way those kind of things they are proactive things that you you can do so
1: yeah because a lot of the men out there Andrew they do have those skills that you know a lot of them do you've
0: got to pass it on and yes there's a lot of stuff on the internet but it's nothing like talking to someone showing them saying "Here, you grab this and you grab that and you do this and look, when I was growing up the last thing my parents would foster is flying model airplanes I was very busy as a child with school activities and music and sport and all that kind of stuff but uh, t- f- they weren't into model airplanes they weren't into planes even though there's you know mr flat rc now and my brother's a pilot but uh <laughs> okay let's keep on moving you- you've covered a lot about your son but why do you support it so much and when we've talked about that the cost the time the transport requirements why do you do it so much
1: because, you know, Andrew, I, I enjoy it too. It's, it's a it's a great social thing, you know, and as I said, if I can see that my child is enjoying himself, that makes me feel really good too, Andrew, you know. So why why wouldn't you? That You need to support it. If your son is enjoying it, um, it, it keeps them off the street, you know, like he's got no desire to be walking around the streets or anything. Well, not at this stage. He's not
0: that kind of person. He's not he's such not. a bad kid that's going to be out in the streets.
1: No, no, that's right. But, I mean, I can see how much enjoyment he gets, you know, being there and, you know, just the fellow members just helping him out. You know, as I said just of late, um, Stevie, he, he's just been amazing, helping him out and said, come if you need anything fixed, you just come around and we'll see what we can do. And, you know, that, it, it's just great. It's really great to have that help.
0: Smiling Stevie Melkman, he's a great bloke. Now He so, is. He's so, great. So what are some of the benefits you see outside of the physical act of flying? Because I always see a whole bunch of other benefits. But what do you see for your son outside of when he's flying the model, any other aspects, you know, whether it be the socialising aspect or oh,
1: That's exactly what it is. as I said at the start, Harrison's quite a, a shy child, like quite reserved. Um, but I can see that he's he's starting to get out there. He's starting to be a little bit more confident. So that's helped him. And it's, and it's good, I guess, being – um you know like around other men because he doesn't have a, a male figure at home so it, it's great being out with the blokes and I think that is giving him a bit more confidence too
0: yeah I've seen it with Harrison that you know he's really sort of blossoming a, a bit more and he's he's very confident at the field and with other people and that kind of thing but okay maturing as well so that helps but yeah. um but I also I've always I've said to that group of guys uh understand what you have the connection that you have with each other that can you imagine in 60 years' time, you'll be sitting around and reminiscing about those days, and I'll be long gone. And they'll be going, I remember Andrew. Oh, he was a great guy. I used to get on the, remember we used to get onto Facebook now? We don't get Facebook anymore <laughs> in the, the metaverse or the whatever we've got nowadays of VR. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> whatever it's going to be called in the future. And I said, Do you understand how powerful that is that you will be together for potentially the rest of your lives connected through this hobby? Don't underestimate yeah. what the value of that. And even like, you know, Brad Worm, who's a great, great 16-year-old, yeah. a really mature, yeah. switched-on kind of guy, having yeah, that connection with that. the guys now. And I know that they can't wait to see each other again next time they're at the yeah. field. Now, imagine yeah, that's when right. they're 60 and, and and they've still got that connection, how good that is. I, that is just phenomenal as far as I'm going to Because I've got a great connection with a lot of aero modelers. And, and you know, as I said, we talk a lot, we talk a lot about it and we fly a little bit. And so, <laughs> the talking is actually the good part, I reckon.
1: I reckon that's great. I, I think that it's also a social thing for the for the men too. You know, to be together and you know, just pass on information or you know, sort of talk about different models that they're getting or what do you think about this or you know, they'll be t- <laughs> it's it's hopeless or yeah, that's good or you know what I mean. So it's just good to to have that sort of um, you know, just be together and that sort of thing. I, I think it's 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 great. It really is.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now. Let's switch gears a little bit. And you know, off air, I uh, I said to you, Sonia, you put more photos of model planes onto your Facebook account than I do. Of course, I do the flat-out RC stuff, so I win because it's non-stop. But, but on my private pages, I really don't have a lot of photos of me with model airplanes. I, I have to go and have a look. I don't think I have any, really. But yeah. you obviously love the planes. What kind of models do you li- like seeing flown? Uh, it's a seeing?
1: warbird. Most people who know me will know. As soon as I say it's a warbird, they know I love the Corsair. And how I came to really like it is um, it was organised through the Pendark Social Committee. We went down to the Tayab Airport um, and we were very very lucky to go into Graham Hoskins um, hangar and in there was this beautiful Corsair plane that they were repairing and from that day I've just I've just absolutely loved it. so you will see frequenting on my Facebook page <laughs> pictures of Corsairs because I just really like them so and we went to the Tiab, Air shows and the highlight down there was seeing the Corsair come out with the Avenger and taking off. I, I just loved it. So that would be my favourite plane. I've got um, I've been lucky enough to be given a little model, um, you know, plane of the Corsair by a gentleman in Shepperton. And I've also got my another foamy, Andrew, sorry, oh. a foamy there that was given by a guy at um PNRX. He gave that to me because he knows I like corsairs. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: So, so you're yeah. an aero modeler. No, I don't care what anybody says. You're an aero modeler. When you you yeah. own model planes now. And just because you're not flying, it doesn't matter. You're an avid fan of them. And, uh, yes, I know that you've got a, a strong, um, having a, a strong love affair with the Corsair. But the other plane that I know that you, you uh, it could be for sentimental reasons, is Harrison's Percival.
1: Oh, yeah, see, I love that one too, Um we actually uh, got that for Harrison's birthday. He's had so many planes for his birthday. I can hardly remember what he's had now, but we got that from a gentleman who wasn't very well. He was down from um, in Moi, and we went down, Harrison and I, and I just fell in love with it, fell in love with the Percival. So I said to Harrison, well, if you want that, we'll get it. So it's one of my favourites. I, I do love that. I love the engine in it. I love hearing it. Hearing it go. Um, And yeah, I know. And then he took it to the field. I think it was the last Monty and uh, Monty day. And I said to Harrison, Look after Mr. Percival. Look after him, won't you? Oh, Mum, Mum, it's all right. It's all right. Because I get very nervous, you see, Andrew, when he flies his planes. And I had to go away. I think I went to get my Mum to bring her out. She also loves going out there too. And came back, and Harrison said, Don't look. So, said, what have you done? And he said, oh, I've had a have an accident. He said it was a dead stick. And I had to bring it down and the landing gear snapped off. I could have burst into tears because I love it. So I'm always on to Harrison. Unfortunately, it's sitting in our shed not repaired um, because we would, I think Harrison said you couldn't get the kit anymore, but we've managed to find one in a hobby shop. I think it's like Blackburn Way or something. There is one in there. But, um, yeah, so we do have that. I said to Harrison, no, we need to learn how to fix fix this one um, and get it back up in the air again because I, I do have a little bit of a thing for warbirds. <laughs> I do like
0: them. That's a nice plane. I was there the day that went in. I was actually standing on the flight line with Harrison Mm. and we joked that it was going into the paddock with the cows and we were worried that it was going to rear-end a cow. So and you have to pull it out. So there were a lot of jokes. Fortunately it actually wasn't it was just an undercarriage, I think, that uh, Yeah, well yeah, that oh, was the damaged. cow
1: the cow's a bit damaged too. So okay. um, Look, yeah, that's so we'll that's to... a good
0: uh, good project um, yeah for Harrison. And now Harrison's also getting into the IMAC thing and that uh, that poses yeah. another big challenge because now you'll have weekends away and have to travel further and, and all that kind yeah. of thing. You know, uh, you're looking forward to that and how are you gonna manage that?
1: Well, I've already started doing it. You know, like even at P and Darks, even though we're only twenty minutes away from the field, I've spent a few nights camping out at, at flying fields and at P and Darks. So, and um, we've been to two comps at um, at the Northern Northern Flying Field. Uh, one was for the VMWA um, competition, so we camped out there. You know, there was a bit of a bit of a drive, but it was fun being with the with the guys from the club being out there and. Then Harrison had his first IMAC competition a few weeks ago and that was also at Northern. So um, I just did one night's camping. Harrison was lucky enough to get a ride with Stevie. But, um, yeah, I still camped out there. And, look, I can honestly say the IMAC boys are really nice guys too, you know, and the Northern um, Flying Field, they're just so welcoming. They're a great bunch of guys out there too. So I'm getting quite used to this camping in the car. I haven't haven't camped in a trailer yet because I haven't got one of those. But most of the oh, most of the bloke yeah, camping trailers. Look, it's
0: not that great. Camp. I've camped in a trailer, and I can tell you, that. you, it's not that much fun. I absolutely and utterly froze. I literally had every item of clothing that was with me on, and yeah. I hardly slept. Especially this was well, I was out in South Australia, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be. I believe. Yeah. I think sometimes it might be better just to take a tent.
1: <laughs> well, I've done that too, Andrew, out there, and that was very cold too. So now I've I've gravitated to the <laughs> to the back of the car now. So with the new car I can spread out. So that's all right. <laughs> I don't have to cool up anymore. That's yeah, what so you it's need. good. That is yeah. what you
0: need. Okay. Now there's a question that I always ask everybody. And that question a lot of people can't wait to hear the answer for. I've got. To, I'm going to take a different sort of slant with this, um, and that has been normally I ask what has been your favourite model, but this time I'm going to ask what has been your favourite model that your son has owned.
1: Oh, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. He um, he got a a Sukhoi. He had that, um, and I loved that. Um, but then he actually got a, a Cub a beautiful cub and I really did like that. I I loved it. He, he got it from a, a bloke up north and I was so happy he had that and he did love it but Harrison being a young one, he needed something with a bit more power, he said, wanted it to go faster. So he actually ended up selling it to a gentleman from South Australia and I was pretty gutted the day that went because it was just beautiful, such a nice cub, it really was. But to be quite honest, Andrew, I get very sentimental with a lot of the planes that Harrison's had. I I don't want him to sell them. He um, had his F3A Azurite, and that was a beautiful plane and, you know, Norm Morris had helped do a lot of work on it and everything. It was lovely and I was pretty devastated the day that that went when he went in for his iMac and, and got his, um, his extra. So I can't say I have... One favourite, I have many, and I do get very, very sentimental when it comes to the planes. <laughs> it's a bit crazy, but I do.
0: Do you know, I, I, oh, look, I always say that's the last question, but I've got another one for you. Like, yep. Harrison gets as Harrison gets older, do you think you'll yeah. continue to turn up to the flying field even if he's, you know, somewhere
1: else? Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. I think so. As I said earlier on, there was a period of time where he was um, thinking of maybe not continuing with it because he was so worrying about, you know, um, wrecking planes because they're very expensive and he knew that me being on my own, it was hard for me, you know, buying these planes and I think I was more gutted than he was. So I I, I actually think I would because, you know, I like seeing it and, um, you know, even... I like seeing Melissa, um, you know, Mel Law flying and everything too, you know, as a woman flyer. And I think she's fantastic. She's a bit of an inspiration too. So I I probably would still go out there and, you know, and, um, you know, see the people out at the flying field because I I enjoy it. You know, it's great that Harrison's with me too. But, yeah, (laughs) there are a few times when he wasn't there and I thought, oh, it's a nice day today. Should I go out? And I thought, no, that would be a bit weird. So I haven't gone I but um yeah look honestly I I really enjoy it I must admit it's good
0: well we love having you at the field Sonia I don't know what anybody else thinks but I love to see you at the field it's always good to, oh, to have a chat you. with you and yeah it, and the the impressive you know well, the impressive thing for me is the commitment you've got to your son's flying which is really as we've mentioned plays a big part in in the son's activities in the hobby and so a big, big thank you to you. If Harrison's not thanking you, well, I will, but I think you're doing a <laughs> exactly. wonderful job. And it's good to hear that we will be seeing you at the Flying Club joining in the banter for many, many years to come, so I look forward to that.
1: I think so. Yes, I will be. About to
0: leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. A good podcast episode, I think. Uh, A big thank you to Sonia Ritter for joining me. Um, As I said, she's an amazing lady, really supportive of her sons, uh, and loves getting to the flying field. It is amazing. She loves coming and just being immersed in that flying scene. Uh, And so I hope that we see her for many, many years to come. So a big thank you, Sonia, for joining me now we've got more episodes coming i've got uh, a number of guests in the bag already it's event season don't forget we've got the uh, wang jets event coming up at the end of april down here at wangaratta in uh, victoria and there's also the festival era modeling coming up at the end of uh, april Uh, but next week we'll have uh, david garlon to talk about that event and a bit more so stay tuned for next week's episode as well we're going to Talk about one of Australia's leading the, the patriarch of one of Australia's leading hero modelling family. So it's gonna be a good episode. It's the first time I've actually told you what's coming up next week. So I'll be back next week. And I hope you'll be joining Eyes me. See you then. classic cliche. We're on the run. This is what we waited for.